Welcome to Simple Theology, a podcast connecting theology to everyday life by examining various doctrines of the Christian faith. I'm Robert Kane. And you're Robert Kane. I am indeed. What's your name, homie? My name is Rick. Um, glad to be here. <laughs> Rick Rowlick. And today we are talking about the offices of the church. That's right. That's right. We're going to get into what the three offices of the church are, which ones are still pertaining to today. And we also stir the pot a little bit. That's my own fault because I get on my own soapbox. Yeah. Rob stirs the pot big time. Two different topics about um, gender roles and then something else. So definitely want to tune in. Have a listen. Thanks for being here. How you doing, man? I'm good. I'm doing real well. What up, what up? How you doing, man? I already said said that. Um, I'm doing well. Again, I'll say it again, just for you. How are you doing? I'm not going to say it I'm doing well. (laughs) What are we well for? Okay. I don't know what that's from. It's like like all those um, uh, protest picketing chants from like the, you know. I thought you were quoting a movie or something. I thought it was just an awkward line from a movie. It probably is in movie, that line, I'm sure. Anyway, um, yeah. How you doing, Rob? What's up? I Are you, are you doing well? I'm doing well. I uh, will say the third time. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm actually pretty happy because we just got a big snowstorm, yeah. and I love being able to Lousy. look out and see the snow. Well, the snow's been here for several weeks. Okay. That's true, but I like seeing the snow fall. Listeners know, I think they know most of them, we live in Ohio, um, and... Big massive storm hit Texas, pretty much shut yeah. down Texas. Um, they don't have air con- or furnaces; they're freezing down there. Um, it just worked its way up. Came through Ohio. People were like, "Yeah, eight to twelve inches, yada yada yada." Man, we probably got like four, maybe I know. five. I was talking with a buddy yesterday. I'm happy to have it, but it's just oh, and the buildup was, was too much. I know they were saying six to ten, six to ten. And we're like, you know what? We're just pretty pessimistic that we're going to get 6 to 10. It never seems to end up being mm. as big as what they said. And yeah, it's about what we got over here is probably 4. Rob, you know what makes me, it just confirms that we live in the Midwest and we're old men now. What's that? We're just talking about the weather. <laughs> so true. <laughs> That's all. So true. <laughs> Complaining about it in Ohio. Uh, anyway. Classic, classic phrase. Yeah, I know. Wait five minutes, the weather will change. That's right. So, anyway. Um, We're, we are supposed to get another big storm, though. This weekend? I think, like, right. starting tomorrow. Ooh. I hope so, at least, because this one kind of let me down. It was nice, but I'd still like to We're supposed to travel to Cincinnati uh, this Saturday, so hopefully... Ooh, you might be in the middle of it. I uh, know. We might not go if this is what happens, so... Yeah. Uh, anywho... Anywho, what are we talking about today? We're talking about the offices of the president-elect, mm. how the Constitution provides... Who's, who is the president-elect? The Constitution provides... No, it's a joke. Um, <laughs> I, we don't really get into politics, but when, when Biden won, he had like all the sign that said the, the office of the president-elect, which is not an office at all. It's a fake office, um, uh-huh. but apparently he feels better because he had it for a while. I don't know. But anyway... There you go. There you go. Um, we'll set all that aside because... I don't even have much more to say about politics at this point because uh, 
Jesus is, yeah, it's exhausting. Jesus is better. <laughs> but there we are go. talking about the offices of the church. And if you're thinking, you know, we're not talking about just elections, we're talking about positions of leadership that Jesus Christ himself instituted um, into the, his bride, the church. So the offices yeah. of the church. Okay, so here's a question for you. I hope you're ready for this one. I hope your notes have the answer to this. Pull that up in my answer is what, daily double. What are the two? What are the two offices? There's three. Or actually, yeah, I was gonna say, <laughs> what are the offices? Why don't we? Why don't I just phrase it that way? Um, so one, we'd say there's the office of apostle. Um, there's the office of elder, and then there's the office of deacon. Um, Charismatics are so happy we said apostle. That's right. And we will just quickly cl- clarify that. We believe the office of apostle, uh, the apostolic office, ceased once the apostles died. So that there's not a lineage, there's not a passing on. Um, there are no o- apostles on the earth today. Um, those offices ceased existing uh, yep. when they ceased existing. So that's how that works. Yep. And we'll talk, we'll talk about that. We'll dig in. All those yeah, things. I was gonna say we don't have, we don't have to jump there at this moment, but, but we will jump there. Mind you, you. Name the three. Yep, I got him. Apostle, yes. Elder, yes. Deacon, yes. Um, and you did make a good clarification. Treasurer, that, secretary. <laughs> yep. Director. Children's ministry director. Choir director. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Second, second acts chapter yep, so, four. So, so why should we? Why should we care? about what these offices are and i mean you just made a reference there to mm-hmm. a bunch of other offices that we see in churches yeah. why did we not list those yeah well as we said like we believe uh scripture clearly teaches that these are the three kind of positions of leadership or offices um that the early church like began they formed and they put in place so they didn't put in place choir director or even treasurer um but i'm sure someone who had to oversee the music and someone had to take care of the kids. Someone had to take care of, you know, the facilities or whatever. But these three offices, um, again, the apostolic one has passed. But even today, elders and deacons serve the church. And we care because it's biblical, and we want to be biblical in our, our ecclesiology, the way that we do church. Um, and then, two, it's a good way for to, to plant churches and to, to help grow healthy churches if we understand what these two offices are. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You can't have a healthy church unless you have healthy leadership, and you're not going to have healthy leadership unless you are looking at what the scriptures say about leadership. So and here's a question, Rob. Okay. Let me, okay. Yeah. Go me, ahead. Me, Go ahead. Can I, can I say something? Can I get in? Yeah, you can jump in. Um, Go ahead. One of the things that I didn't say, I didn't hear you say it, is uh, pastor. No one said anything about pastor. Churches yeah. are full of pastors. Where, where's the office You're of pastor? You're a pastor. I'm a pastor. Um, really, it's just an excuse for us to um, get paid. Uh, so we Show me the money. came up with this new office um, just to, to add. No, so um, pastor, all joking aside so, now. Was, that, was there a joke in there? Yeah. Was that sarcasm? <laughs> was there a joke in there, Rob? I thought you were serious. Rob, was oh, there something okay. funny supposed to be in that? Because I... <laughs> I'm just kidding. I was not I'm just <laughs> um, uh, Pastor being synonymous with the term elder. Yeah. So the Greek term is presbyteros, and so that's been translated as um, elder, um, pastor, shepherd, overseer. So you, that's what, where you get the denomination yeah. Presbyterian mm-hmm. from that Greek term presbyteros. 
and Rob uh, flaunting his education over here. Yeah, huge education over here. Know that word? <laughs> Thanks, man. Making me feel good. You do have a you do have a good education though. Okay, we we do. I have I have a good education. I'm very grateful for that. That's all we're talking about. <laughs> I'm gonna get it. Change, change, change. Don't worry about um, it. <laughs> so the term pastor yes. is is a shepherd. It's an overseer. We get it from elder. So when someone is called a pastor, we would say that to be scripturally consistent. Yes. Um, and we're not trying to throw stones or anything like that to other churches who may not fall into this camp. But we say to be scripturally consistent. If someone is a pastor, then they're also an elder, and vice versa. If someone's an elder, then they're also a pastor. Yeah. Um, they might not be on staff, so just to say someone's a pastor doesn't mean that they're getting paid by the church. It's to say that they meet the qualifications that we see in Scripture, yeah. um, and they are shepherding shepherding the people. Yeah. So That's a great answer. I think um, culturally, again, we, we think, even some churches, like, they have pastors, and then they have elders. Um and they all like work together, but the pastors are the ones who get paid, and the elders are the ones who don't get paid, but kind of go to the meetings and help. You know, they're not preaching, but they kind of help with different leadership things. And we would say that's that's biblical, but to be really like consistent and biblical, all everyone who serves as a pastor is an elder. Everyone who serves as um, an elder is a pastor. And one of the areas that I think churches get into like a gray or even confusion in, in this is when they begin to give people who do not meet elder qualification the title pastor. Yeah. Um, and, and I think they don't do it like, like they just, it's just one of those things like they just think, oh, they're, they're a leader. We'll call them pastor. You're right. But, but, but they're not serving as an elder. And we'd say, well, biblically, like there's a one and the same. So, so strive for consistency. It doesn't mean yeah. you like take a hike and leave your church because they don't, practice this the way we would say scripture should but it is something to um, just be mindful of and strive for consistency and yeah yeah i agree and, and trying to be as charitable as we can there's churches that do call someone um call those who are on staff like elders who are on staff calling them pastors and then calling those who are not on staff elders um it might just be their way of clarifying yeah which i mean okay so be it yeah I, I, I think sure. you and I would just say it's just more helpful to say just just call them pastors and then if they're on staff. You can just call them staff pastor. You know yeah. what I mean, or a staff elder, or um, or vo- elder and vocational elder. Yeah, that exactly. Feels a little clunky, but it does help. It just helps people understand like that. There's the priesthood of all believers, and that it's not just the pastor, the paid people who do the work of shepherding. Yeah, yeah. So at Proclamation, where you guys are. Um, we are here. You would you would be considered a pastor. I would. And then Jimmy. We excommunicated Jimmy. Okay. It's kind of a well, sore I mean, spot between for you us. and me, it's about time. But anyways, <laughs> Jimmy. Yes. Um, yeah. So all of our guys and, are and Ron. Yeah. Am I missing someone? Nope. That's okay. it. Those are those are our you pause, elder so it's like, pastor. Are you waiting for so me to I, say? Well, I didn't know where you're going. What the question was, but. Um, they're both but, pastors and elders. I am the, exactly. the vocational pastor, vocational elder. Um, they, That's where I was going. Yeah, yeah. Yep, you got it. There it nice. be. So nice, what, nice, how nice. do you get to the position? How do you get to the high office of elder? When you how submit? do you acquire such status? <laughs> how old, Is there like an age requirement? How much do you have to give per month? How does that work out? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I could say a lot of funny things with that, but I will not. So there are, in fact... Um, some qualifications. Yes. And the the most common are the ones in First Timothy 
3 mm-hmm. and Titus 1. So I'll read 1 Timothy 3, um, verses 1 through 7. It says, This saying is trustworthy. If anyone aspires to be an overseer, and we just described overseers, also synonymous with elder, he desires a noble work. An overseer, therefore, must be above reproach. The husband of one wife, self-controlled, sensible, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not an excessive drinker, not a bully, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not greedy. He must manage his own household competently and have his children under control with all dignity. If anyone does not know how to manage his own household, how will he take care of God's church? He must not be a new convert, or he might become conceited and incur the same condemnation as the devil. Furthermore, he must have a good reputation among outsiders so that he does not fall into disgrace and the devil's trap. Then you also see passage in First Timothy, or sorry, in Titus 1, which says very similar things. You see a passage in First Peter 5, um, where actually, I'm just going to turn there because that's, it has some qualifications, but it's also just helpful um, for anyone who may be currently serving as an elder, just the attitude and the posture that you should have. But then also anyone who may aspire to it, here is the posture. So I exhort the elders among you as a fellow elder and witness to the sufferings of Christ, as well as one who shares in the glory about to be revealed. Shepherd God's flock among you, not overseeing out of compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you, not out of greed for money, but eagerly, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. In the same way, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Mm-hmm. So it, what, what's, um, who is it? It's Paul here writing to Peter, or is this, no, 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 no. It's Peter's writing. Peter's writing to the exiles, mm-hmm. yeah. So what, what he's getting at there is if you are an elder, the reason that you are, um, even in that position is because you're an example. So anyone who um, aspires to be an elder, it's not like those example or those qualifications that I read there in First Timothy three, or that you'll find also in Titus one. It's not like all of a sudden, oh, okay, if I want to be an elder, I should go ahead and start doing these things. Right. Yes, that that that's certainly true, mm-hmm. but that list isn't exclusive to elders. Yes. That's for all believers to be living in these godly ways those are just godly characteristics yeah. and so they're saying look if, if someone isn't isn't an example in godliness then they probably shouldn't be leading others and shepherding them in godliness yeah um, so therefore they, they need to be an example and this is a hard thing because there's no perfect person i'm not perfect you're not perfect uh we fall we have sin there's there's messiness in our life but the the, the call is to model model what it looks like to be a Christian. And it and it's not the elders are not to model this high and lofty, like master Zen level Christianity. It's just like pretty much basic faithfulness to the scriptures. But but they're to walk that out and, and display that model that for the church. Um and so a couple things that requires us A to be in proximity with people. So if you're gonna model um Christianity, if you're going to model what it looks like to be a Christ follower, then you, you have to be around people for them to be able to see what it looks like to be a Christ follower, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, at the, yeah, and at the same time, like we also have to, um, we have to be faithful in, in practicing like faithfulness and, and righteousness and holiness 
And when we do mess up, we're quick to uh, confess. We're quick to be humble. So that's the tension, is you're to lead people, but you should be the most humble, and you're to serve people like Christ served the church, and Christ served the disciples, washing their, or the apostles washing their feet, you know? So it's a, yeah, it's a very different leadership. picture. But this requires, we would argue, one man, it's hard for our church to have just one elder. They need a plurality, more than one, right? Yeah, so all plural. throughout the New Testament, whenever elders are mentioned, it's it's mentioned in the plural. Yeah, The times where it's mentioned in the singular is when either um, Paul or Peter are, are writing to a group of people saying, I am an elder, singular, among you. Mm-hmm. Um, or when they're giving the qualifications for if anyone wants to be an elder, mm-hmm. singular, here are the qualifications. Yeah. Every other instance where elders are mentioned, it's in the plural. And so yeah. the normative pattern that we see in the New Testament yeah. is that there are, in fact, elders uh, among the churches, and that there's more than one. There's yeah. there's a plurality of elders. And we have, uh, you know, we have an example somewhat of this in Exodus 18, where Moses is dealing with the Israelites and Jethro, uh, yep. not Jethro Clampett from, um, what's that? What's that show? Hillbilly. Uh, <laughs> Hillbilly Eulogy. No, no, no. It's the old black and white. Uh, you know, Beverly Hillbillies. There you go. There you go. That was Jed Clampett, not Jethro. Anyway, uh, Jethro comes to Moses and says, "Listen, you cannot do all this. You need to. Do, you need help. You need to kind of divide this up and get other men to help." And uh, yeah. and that's what we see, like. And he gives qualifications for what these men should be. Yeah, and so we're not, we're, as the church, the whole church is to function as a body, so the elder pastor isn't to do everything, but they are to help lead out and put other people in places to help lead and help serve practically and um, spiritually. Yeah. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Ask me this. Elders. Can anyone be an elder? Yeah, uh, of course. The only thing is, it's hard to install an elder who is no longer alive. That's the that's the trick. Okay, so the only people who can't be elders, you're saying, are right. those who are dead. No. So we, as, okay. as you as you read out the qualifications, we'd say that an elder needs to be um, a mature man, um, a, a male, super offensive. Wow, you sexist. <sighs> no, seriously. Twenty twenty one, homie. Seriously, I know this is like sounds like I'm from 1950 or something. Um, but that's what scripture teaches. I would say yeah. it's it's direct, it's clear. Um and we don't say we don't tie that just into those New Testament passages. We tie that into the creation of of humanity yeah. when God made man and woman in the order in which he created and in the design. Um we have a word for this called complementarianism. We believe that the the male and female genders complement each other in the way that God has designed them. Um so it's not just an equal, hey, we can all do the same thing. We believe we're made to complement each other, not just to be interchange, um, yeah, to be interchangeable. So yeah, yeah. Well, highly I mean, controversial, you, but that's where we're at. Yeah, well, and you talk about um, rooting it back into the creation, um, creation design that mm-hmm. God did prior to the fall. Um, I mean, we, we go there because the scriptures go there. Yes. Paul writing in First Timothy, in First Timothy two, so right before these qualifications, these qualifications come at the beginning of First Timothy three. Mm-hmm. So we always got to look at at scripture in its context, Key. its literary context. Where are things placed in the passage? And so right before that, Paul gives instructions to men mm-hmm. and women, and he says in verse 
11, a woman is to learn quietly with full submission. I do not allow a woman to teach or to have authority over a man. Instead, she is to remain quiet. And then here's his what he's rooting it in. Verse 13, for Adam was formed first, then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived and transgressed. But she will be saved through childbearing if they continue in faith, love, and holiness with good sense. So, okay, reading that on the surface, there are probably some people, maybe not at this point because people know we're a reformed podcast, but there, there may be some new listeners who are instantly triggered. Mm. Like, dude, do you know how old and out of touch you sound reading that passage? Um, so let's do a little bit of explanation before we move on to deacons. So this part um, that Paul is getting at, where he says a woman is to learn quietly with full submission. Okay, let's start there. What Paul's getting at is she's supposed to learn respectively. We see in Ephesians 5 that the that the husband is the head of the household, that he leads, but he leads in a way that is servant leadership to his wife. It's not mm-hmm. a domineering. It's mm-hmm. not a chauvinist. It's saying, I am going to lead. I'm going to lead in a way that's going to lead to your flourishing. I'm going to exalt you. However, the, the man is called to lead. Mm-hmm. And we see this in the creation narrative because God created Adam first, and then he created a helper, someone to help Adam. And um, as we continue to go on, Paul says, I do not allow a woman to teach or to have authority over a man. Elders are leaders and they're to exercise authority. And they, one of the qualifications that they have the ability to teach. Mm -hmm. And so if an elder is called to lead, exercise authority, and teach, then this passage, which is just a few verses before the qualifications that we see in in chapter three, Mm -hmm. if Paul is saying that women are not called to do this, um, then we have to say that women are not called to be elders. Yeah. And, 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 sorry, go ahead. You go ahead. No, 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 you go ahead. I'd say that that doesn't mean women aren't called. That doesn't mean that women are less than. That does not mean that women, um, are just kind of like stay, you know, stay in the back and be quiet. Yes, thank you. And and the reason is like we believe that Scripture says God has given women a work to do. I mean, practically, um, science is rapidly, you know, growing. It's evolving, but men cannot have babies. Um, it's <laughs> not possible, you know. And and, yeah. and I'm not like. Hear me out. I'm not saying, okay, so men get to lead and teach and preach. And Women, you guys can have the babies because we can't do that. Yeah. Um, no, because if, if that's offensive, if that's an offensive thing, like what, I can just, all I can do is have babies? Like, well, wh- why, is that a f- why is that offensive, first of all, that, that God has blessed you, women, and, and women alone, with that gift and ability? Um, our culture, especially the feminist, um, you know, old wave new wave all the waves of feminism yeah, will right. have you believe that that's an oppressive thing there's no doubt that being pregnant in hard really really hard situations is difficult but the ability to to, to give life is a precious thing so let's not discount that let's not oh, act yeah. like that's well that's okay but it's not the same like that's that's a beautiful gift um yeah. and then just more broad God has still called the women of the church to serve and to love, and and you know Titus too to to disciple one another, the mature women discipling and helping the younger women grow in their faith and learn how to be godly women. Like it's yeah. it's not just a men you go do this thing, women you know just stand by and 
wait till the yeah. men come home and kind that, of a thing. That's that's a really, really, really important distinction. Like that, it's not that women don't have the gift and ability to teach. That's that's not what Paul is saying here. Right. That's not what we're saying here. Please don't don't hear that. Um, it's it's a matter of what what are the proper domains to exercise that gift. Right. Yeah. And um, Paul is laying out here through, and he's being led by the Holy Spirit to write these things, that when men and women are gathered together, um, women are to submit to the male headship, the male authority that God has placed in the same way that the church submits to, to Christ, the church being the bride, Christ being the groom, the church submits to our our ultimate shepherd, Jesus, and marriage being an image of that relationship um, the the woman submits to the husband. So when men and women are gathered, men are called to lead. Now, this ep- episode isn't on complementarianism. It's not on um, marriage. Right. And we're kind of going off already, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, we're definitely going off. So maybe we can get into a little bit more later yeah. about the rest of that passage where Adam's not to see but the woman, because there, there's a lot more questions there too. Mm. And a lot of me wants to just jump into it. Let's just do that um, next. That'll be our next episode. We'll just declare oh, it now. Oh boy! Yeah, oh boy. Do, do your homework, Rob, because you have make sure you committed. write it down. Because I'm, I'm going to forget. Anyways, um, let's move on to the next office. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> yeah, you're all very welcome for that. Yeah, everyone's yes. like, no, like you're getting into the the hot top hot topic issues. So. We are just going to put pause on that. Gender and we'll roles. move on to deacons. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, Rick, go ahead. Deacons. Yeah. So, we we um, we believe deacon is a biblical office of the church. We see this office instituted in Acts chapter 6 when uh, the elders are overwhelmed and, and some of the people are being neglected in the distribution of the food, and they appoint um, men at this point to serve and distribute food. Now, there's a lot of cultural things we can pull out of Acts 6, but we're just going to look strictly at the fact that these men were put in place to serve practically the church. Um, and the qualifications for, I haven't opened my Bible, it's very similar uh, to the qualifications for elder. You want to read those nine verses, Rob? Is it nine verses? I think you have, you have oh, sorry. No, five verses. I think it's six. Yeah, I got Five you. or six. Okay. So, in those days, as the disciples were increasing in number, there arose a complaint by the Hellenistic Jews against the Hebraic Jews that their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution. The twelve summoned the whole company of the disciples and said, It would not be right for us to give up preaching the word of God to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, select from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the spirit and wisdom, whom we can appoint to this duty, but we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Yes. So we see the the practicality in Acts six, the need in the men who serving. There's this division, um, and so yeah. deacons are to serve the church in practical practical ways. Um, yep. Now, if there are some, I think Baptist traditions, um, or recent rather than historical, who have use the title deacon to um, really function as elders. And we would just simply say, like, by the sheer reading, the simple reading of Acts 6, 1 Timothy 3, um, the qualifications for elder and the qualifications for deacon in 1 Timothy 3, clearly two different things. 
And so deacons are not to serve as elders. Not, they don't have spiritual authority in the church per se, but they do have um, practical responsibility to serve yeah. the church. So, yeah, and and we would say whereas the office of the office of elder is is for uh, men only, we would say the office of deacon is for both men and women. Both men and women can serve in that position. Yeah, and and there are really faithful wonderful churches that would disagree with us on that. They would say, nope, we're sticking with yeah. men only. Um, and, and they've got good arguments. I mean, the gospel I mean, they're coalition, wrong, but, you know, sure. Yeah, you no, know, just kidding. of course. Um, but, I mean, the Gospel Coalition has a couple articles yeah. on that. On, yeah. And they do a good job presenting both sides, and we'll, we can link to that. And it's, it's, it's um, like, it's persuasive, I would say, as I've studied it, but it's yeah. not enough to persuade me. Yeah, I mean, it's the same thing with, like, the yeah. Presbyterian reason for baptism of infants good argument can be a persuasive argument just not not persuasive enough i'm really not as persuaded like at all that with their argument but well i mean but obviously you are so that's cool i didn't know you're a paedo baptist nice having you rob glad you're here i just think it's a very good argument did you baptize your baby just not just not good enough (laughs) (laughs) nice try exactly good yes good, good effort there good effort good effort not quite. So anyways, um, yeah, I mean, we said earlier, elders have those two additional requirements, leading and yes. teaching. So yep. neither of which are required of deacons. Um, I mean, deacons are supposed to manage their household, but they're additional elder um, leading requirements so that are not listed for deacons. And so because those are not required, um, and because we also see it in Scripture in Romans 16, uh, we would say that uh, women are uh, permitted to be deacons. I mean, Phoebe in Romans sixteen one, um, Paul literally refers to her as diakonos. That's yeah. where we get that uh, uh, term deacons. It, it's a servant. Mm-hmm. So a servant, a deacon, or a deaconess. So Paul literally calls Phoebe a diakonos. Mm-hmm. And so we see this in scripture. We also would um, just logically infer from the requirements that it is acceptable. Yeah. So with that, um, one of the phrases that I that I heard to help kind of remember um, each of these mm-hmm. is that elders serve the church by leading, and deacons lead the church in serving. Elders serve the church by leading, and deacons lead the church in serving. And and it should be noted that um, like the call for both of them, deacons and elders, are to serve. Yes, amen. Are to be examples of servant leadership to the rest of the body yeah it's not to say oh i'm i'm more spiritual or i'm a better christian it's it's literally just to say i'm going to to lay my life down for the sake of the body of christ i am sacrificing my time my effort and i'm doing it in a way so that the the body of christ would be lifted up that's what Amen. elders and deacons are called to yeah and, and so just as a broad qualification like you have to be someone who's who's striving in that you're maturing doesn't mean you're doing it perfectly but you're seeking to die to yourself and serve and love the brothers and sisters well i would agree yeah amen exactly rick our sponsor for this half hour exactly okay so normally as you guys know we've been um throwing in a little recorded pre-recorded thing sounds a lot better we didn't we don't have that ready for this one however we will say that our sponsor for this week's episode is life journal so if you guys haven't, I, sorry, sorry, what are you saying? What are you saying? I always think of LifeLock, and so is <laughs> LifeLock, and they always like no, there's always like no. commercials on the radio for that, you know. Oh, no. Sponsor this half hour is that is, that is not our episode, but LifeLock. If you're listening, and we know you are, <laughs> right. hit us up. 
info <laughs> at simpletheology.org and we can work something out. LifeLock. They can help you live but a better this life. Week, <laughs> this week, our sponsor. You remember that Liberty is... Mutual guy? The old guy that's always like in the cabin or whatever? Liberty. Yeah. yeah. He was like some kind of medicine <laughs> thing or like catheters or something. He was like, uh, Liberty. Help you live a better life. You know, remember this guy? That. Oh, my goodness. No. Nope. The I old don't. Liberty man. Yeah. You should send that to me later. I, I'll, I'll do it right now. Enjoy that. I'm working on it. But before we get too carried away, our sponsor <laughs> for this week is Life Journal. And mm. Life Journal is a 90 day planner and journal to help you organize your day, accomplish your goals, and grow in your faith. It's, um, we, we both use this thing. So, one of the really nice things is that one, it's analog which means you What's just have to write mean? stuff down. <laughs> and there's so many studies out there that say that if you write stuff down, it helps you remember. Mm. And it has you write down 90-day uh, goals, what you're going to do this month for those goals, this week, what you're going to do today to reach those goals, top three, write out your count, like all, all the whole nine, really helpful. Um, I found myself being more productive with it. My scripture memorization has gotten better because I'm constantly writing down what I need to do for today. It literally asks you, what did you read today? What are you thankful for? How does this point you to the gospel? And how should we live in light of it? So it's a, a daily journal. If you're like me, who someone who is not good with journaling, this is a really helpful guide to not only help you journal for spiritual reasons, but then also just to get stuff done for productive and life reasons. So head over to gospelfocused.com. And you can pick up a copy of your life journal. Again, that's gospelfocused.com. Amen to that. <laughs> I thought you were saying something. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm literally finding this link. I'm going to send it to you. Um, there you go. So, Rob. Oh, that video. Okay, we, yeah. We covered. So third office. Uh, yeah. And we talked about this, um, the Office of Apostles. Um, and, again, this, uh, this office is no longer in existence, but we would say Christ Jesus. Um, ha, like this was one of his titles, and so although the office is not still on earth, um, as we read in Hebrews chapter 1, it's verse 1, th- chapter 3, excuse me, of Hebrews, verse 1. says, Therefore, holy brothers and sisters who share in a heavenly calling, consider Jesus the apostle and high priest of our confession. So that, that Christ is the first apostle, and or mm. yeah, an apostle means the sent one or someone sent. So someone, uh, uh, you know, sent out with with purpose. And um, this is the the work of the Christ that you know the the um, I can't think of the the, the Greek word. Um, I don't know the Greek word for this. What for what apostle? Uh, apostle stolis or spolis or something like that. You know. Oh yeah, you're killing it. Um, really I um, get you. Hold on a second. I got, I got Lagos in my studio. Apostol, apostolus. Anywho, as we see in a page I had bookmarked, but something happened to my bookmark, in Mark chapter 3. So, in Mark chapter 3, we see the initial... Apostolos. Apostolos. Thanks, Rob. You're welcome. Um, 3.13 of Mark, it says, Jesus went up the mountain and summoned those he wanted, and they came to him. He appointed twelve, whom he also named apostles to be with him to send them out to preach and to have authority to drive out demons so we see jesus as the first apostle calling um, the 12 apostles and then we know that judas iscariot who betrayed jesus who then committed suicide and died right so another 
to 11. <laughs> Thanks for that. I know. He, he, he was just, And died. He was sick. Yeah. And then they decide to replace him. We see this in Acts chapter 1, like right in the book of Acts. The apostles are together with the followers, and they say, hey, listen, we need to replace him. And so they go through a process and select Matthias. Um, and they don't just say, hey, who's a godly person? Like there were some qualifications for this. And one was that, you know, they they witnessed Jesus' baptism. They're there when Jesus was baptized, when the, the God the Father um, spoke to God the Son, and we see the Holy Spirit in the form of a dove. So that so they're from that beginning, they follow Jesus' ministry. They witness miracles, healing, um, and then they they see Jesus die on the cross, and they see his resurrected uh, body. And, converse with that. So, these are some of the, the qualifications, and they select Matthias for this. So, um, No, no, hold on. Wouldn't there be another qualification that um, maybe, they, the maybe. person would have to be selected? Like, just because somebody witnesses baptism and his death and resurrection doesn't make them an apostle. Right, so when, when the council, if you want to say council, in Acts 1, was looking to appoint a new apostle, they said, what are, what are the qualifications for us to select from? Like, there has to be yeah. someone who's met these criteria. And then they select, right. So just because yeah. someone was at those events, saw those things, um, obviously there was hundreds of people who did all of those things, but yeah. that didn't make them um, apostles. So this is yeah. um, interesting. There's the 12 apostles, and obviously Judas, and then there was um, Paul, or Peter, Paul, right, was an apostle. Um James, the brother of Jesus, became an apostle, wrote the book of James, um, Timothy. So there was, there was a few more other than the 12 charged with the uh, kind of starting the church and planting churches and, and establishing the bride of Christ. So a really important office that, again, we would say has ceased. The new, uh, we talked about this like a year or two ago with, um, I think, Jimmy Alexander about the new apostolic reformation. Yep. And they say that there's still apostles on the earth, and God's trying to, he's bringing apostles and prophets to reestablish the church. And we'd say, no, the, the apostles have ceased. We see in Acts 2, um, where one of the apostles is martyred, and there's not like a, hey, well, let's replace him. Let's like let's keep replacing as they died. And in church history, we just confirmed that, that the apostleship ended the death of those apostles. Uh, but yep. this is how the Lord began to his church, and this is how he instituted elders and deacons through the apostles. So we, again, it's one of the offices of the church. Yes, it's ceased, but it's a, it's a gift, and it's good for us to remember that, that those are the ones who, who were sent. And it's because, like, literally, the fact that I'm a Christian, the fact that, Rob, that you're a believer in Jesus Christ, those who are listening, because they are believers, or the reason they're believers is because of Jesus Christ sending out people with the message of the gospel. Yep. People who are faithful, not perfect, but faithful, and 2,000 years later, 2,000 years later, here we are discussing these things and giving glory yep. to God. Yeah, amen. And um, you talk about the apostle um, being one of the offices, one of the three offices, mm-hmm. and it being completed, and us talking about the offices even today. Um, yes, yes and amen. Praise mm-hmm. God to that. Then we also see this just documented in um, relatively recent church history. I'm holding in my hand the um, Baptist Confession of Faith. It's the second London Baptist Confession of Faith. Some call it the 1689, because that's when it was officially um, signed into into play. Now, this 
obviously 17th century, 1689 may sound like a long time away, but it's closer to us than it was that first century church. And they even say in chapter 26, where you can read articles 8 through 11, where it really gets into the the meat and potatoes of the offices of the church. But I'm going to read article 8, where it says, A particular church gathered and completely organized according to the mind of Christ. Now, just to throw this in there, this is a shameless plug. Um, notice that they say that the church is gathered. So gather with your church. Don't go to online church and expect that to be an acceptable replacement. Now, I know these are weird times. If you're doing Zoom thing for a season, that's cool. But if someone claims to be in an online church and they're just going to do that for indefinitely, um, that's not a church. So definitely mm. just a little soapbox. Man, Rob, Rob, you're really stirring the pot this episode. Good night. I know. I know. Here we go. Young pastor, so show me grace. <laughs> I get to use that a lot. So a particular church gathered and completely organized according to the mind of Christ, consists of officers and members. And the officers appointed by Christ to be chosen and set apart by the church, so called and gathered, for the peculiar administration of ordinances and execution of power or duty, which he entrusts them with or calls them to, to be continued to the end of the world, are bishops or elders and deacons. So that's another synonym for elders is bishop and even our Baptist brothers and sisters from the 17th century are acknowledging publicly that the two offices that are active now are the office of bishop slash elder or deacon. So elders and deacons, these are the two offices of the church. It's not to say that there can't be a director. It's not to say there can't be a treasurer. Right. Um, but, right. but it's saying that the scriptural offices that we see are at, at minimum yes. elder and deacon. Yeah. True, true. Good stuff. Uh, cool. We said we wanted to go 25 minutes on this, Rick. We're already oof, over 40 minutes, so we're once well, hey, again Thank you guys for listening. Um, again, tune in next week for the episode on gender roles that Rob's no, going to do. Um, but as always, you guys can <laughs> connect, the connect with us um, at our website, simpletheology.org. We are on Instagram at simpletheologypod, facebook.com slash simpletheology, or just the good old hashtag simpletheologypod. Um, you can always email us questions, comments, um, encouraging comments, hopefully. And yeah, if you have a, a, a topic, <laughs> you have a topic you would love us to cover, um, or what clarification, email us info at simpletheology.org. Again, that's info at simpletheology.org. We can also, you can call and leave a voice message. We will not play the voice message on the air, but you can call us at 614-233-1098, 614-233-1098. We appreciate you guys. We appreciate your, your interactions with us, your reviews, um, just all those things. So please keep that up, and we will try to the best of our ability to keep the podcast rolling. Are you thinking about ending it or something? Is that what you're getting at? Goodbye. (laughs) Peace out, y'all. Peace.